This is the Grand Tapestry Podcast, brought to you by My Family Channel. Each one of our elders' stories is a unique thread in the Grand Tapestry of American history. In this podcast, we will explore them one by one, to honor them, and to gain perspective through their experience. Hello, and welcome to the Grand Tapestry Podcast. I am Todd Smith with My Family Channel, and we are here today with Miss Peggy Watley at Magnolia Springs, East Louisville, in Louisville, Kentucky. Hello, Miss Peggy. How are you? Hello. Good morning. How are you doing today? Pretty good. <laughs> good. Good. Well, I know it's it's almost lunchtime, so we're gonna make it short. <laughs> we're gonna try to get you in and out of here. That's okay. I'd like to say thank you to Amy Webb here for all of your support, not only for my family channel, but for helping us with the podcast and recruiting interview subjects and making it all happen. So thank you for that. Totally my <laughs> We're going to have to get you in front of the microphone yeah. here next oh, time. Oh, yeah, you got to talk so we listen to you. <laughs> That's right. Well, Miss Peggy, we want to talk about that wonderful southern accent that you have oh, well i was born in in eufaula alabama i was really out in the country really way out in the country and i have a very interested childhood about things i remember and stuff like that you do mm-hmm. what's the name of the town it's called the town is called eufaula e-u-f-a-u-l-a alabama I have never heard of that. It's about 90 miles below Montgomery. You know, Montgomery's okay. the capital. I know Montgomery. Mm-hmm. We, have a big, we have a big lake there. It was the Chattahoochee River that runs down from Atlanta all the way through down to They built a dam, I'd say, maybe 40, 50 miles below there, and it made a big lake. And we have people coming there from everywhere fishing. Really? And stuff. Mm-hmm. I bet it's beautiful. It you? is beautiful. Have a golf course on the on the water. I mean, you know, off by the water. It's it's nice. Now, is Montgomery is more on the southern part of the state, or is it part of the northern? It's it's, it's no. It you going north? Well, see, we live only about forty miles from Fort Benning. I know you've heard of the mm-hmm. camp, but Montgomery's sort of kind of in the middle of the state. In the middle. Mm-hmm. Birmingham is up to the top, right? Like going. To, to Tennessee, Nashville, you know we're right. Right, okay. So and it gets pretty cold there, too. We have some cold down there. Gets cold in Eufaula? Mm-hmm. But what's cold to you, like 50? Oh, well, we have had 16 inches of snow at one time. Really? Yes. We didn't know what to do. And, of course, Johnny was there. And Did you he say, had... what's all this white stuff? What is this? Yeah, but he was he was born in Michigan. And he knew about snow, and we didn't know how to drive in it or nothing. All the pine trees was fall breaking, and all hmm. that stuff. But was it fun or was it? Was well, it, it was fun in a way, but when it went going to melt, all that snow was so much, you know, mm-hmm. just terrible. It was beautiful while it lasted. <laughs> but I lived way out in the country when I was a child, and I remember uh, going. Getting my homework from school by fire. We didn't have electricity and uh, things like that that I remember so much about. And my, I'm sorry that my children and grandchildren never witnessed that because it was it was nice to have it like that, you know. So you did your homework by firelight. By, I have them by firelight. Mm-hmm. That sounds great to me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. <laughs> 
And when I was seven years old, Pearl Harbor was bombed. And I did not know exactly what was going on. I knew the grown people. We had a big old radio. Oh, it was bigger than either one of those chairs. It was run by a battery. And uh, that's how we heard about the bombing. And I had an uncle that had already joined the Navy. My grandparents had 13 children. Wow. And how'd they do it back then? But they'd kill hogs, and I was just like barely old enough to be in it, you know, but I wasn't happy, and I was just a child. And um, how they had to do that, have refrigerators. They had to have a smokehouse and put all that meat and cure it in the smokehouse, you know. Because they didn't have refrigeration. Mm-hmm. Not, back, not out there where we lived, and they didn't hardly have any in the, the little town there. They had ice boxes and stuff like that back in the town, but. So an icebox is literally... You go to the ice plant and fill it up with ice. If you went into the town to get you food, you would go. a lot of them went back on a mule and a wagon into the town. Sometimes it'd take them a day and a night to get there and back. Hmm. And they picked that ice up in a container that helped keep it until uh, till, till they got home to put it in the icebox. Well, it seems like it'd be melted by the time you got well, home. Well, it would, I would think, but I don't know how they managed. I was a child. But what I remember about Pearl Harbor so much was, like I was saying, I had an uncle. And he had, let me see, it was 13. I think it was six, six girls and uh, maybe it was seven boys. I, girls, I mean, I don't know anyway. I lost count. But anyhow... He was at home in Fort Benning. He was stationed at Fort Benning, which was only a little mm-hmm. ways from us. And when that was announced that day, that all military personnel report back to the space. Mm. So he leaves. And I've thought about it so much. That was the last day I saw him with two legs. Mm. So he, they sent him straight to Virginia to load up ships to, with tanks and stuff to go to war after Roosevelt declared war. And um, there was two men, him and another guy was directing the tanks to be loaded up. And somehow or another, my uncle's back was turned to him, and he had showed that other person about where to put the tank, and it run over him. And he stayed in Walter Reed Hospital. I don't know how long, a long time. I didn't think he was going to live because gangrene set in. And and, um, they had to take his leg up all the way to the hip. He was never able to have anything with crutches. But the only thing saved his life. They, I've heard they've gone back to using sterile maggots. Have y'all ever heard of sterile maggots? They've gone mm. back to using them now, some. But they put that in him, and it ate all that poison up, and he lived to be nearly 90 years old. But that's why I remember Pearl Harbor so much. I think about him, you know, when I was a child. Your child memories go back to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we... We want to try to capture these stories here in a recording. I know, but that really affected me, and I didn't really think about it till I'd done probably got grown married about the day he left. I didn't saw that time I saw him with two legs, you know. That was your grandfather. No, it was my uncle. Your uncle. Because mm-hmm. my grand, that he was one of the thirteen children that my grandparents had. Okay, okay. <laughs> so when your family found out about Pearl Harbor on mm-hmm. the radio. Mm-hmm. Was the radio, was it on all the time, like the, t- you know, like the TV well, they, is they, now? Yeah, because yeah, they played it a lot. And that Sunday morning, 
they somebody got it up, got it on, and that's when they announced it. And all the grown see, it, I didn't understand it then, but I just know everybody was upset. That's all like only thing I could, you know, think about it. Because you you were how old? Seven. Seven. So it didn't. I was in school and already, but it still wasn't how awful it was. Sure. Yeah. And even after I got grown. I got to thinking about there I was over there, played a lot, and I was the only grandchild at the time. I was spoiled. They spoiled <laughs> me rotten. I'm telling you. Charlie, my husband could tell you that. But anyway, <laughs> listen, I'm losing my train of thought now. What was I saying? I was just asking about when your family got the news about Pearl Oh, yeah. Harbor. Okay. Now, yeah. We heard it on the radio. And he was home, and that's when they announced that. And, of course, that Pete speech President Roosevelt made stands in your mind, in your head, you know. Will do, you, the rest do you remember of, any of that? Oh, yeah, about uh, I have known it, but right now it's going blank with me, about what he's de- declared war. But you were so young when. Yeah, but I I just remember it because I've seen it on how they're flashed on TV oh. when they tell them about Pearl or mm-hmm. something like that, you know. So. And then did a lot of the the men from where you lived then oh, go? Oh, yeah, everybody often. tried to join. You know, yeah, everybody was going to join. So they wanted to go. That, that, then my other uncles had to go. They, yeah. And, of course, you didn't. if you didn't do it yourself, they drafted you, you know, mm-hmm. anyway. So all my uncles, would, some, of them, some of them served up. Now, my one lost a leg, never went over because he wasn't able. But the government took care of him well. They fixed a car where he could drive it. On the steering wheel, not mm-hmm. have to use a leg. No. Done a good thing. Yeah, they saw about him. But my other uncles, some of them, some of them went to Guam. Some of them, one of them went to. And you know, they would try to write us letters, and you would, couldn't make no sense out of it. The other thing was blacked out. You know how they nowadays they tell you everything. Huh. They'll tell you on TV what's going on, but the thing yeah. was so secret back then. Even the letters. F- even the private letters. The private letters, yeah, they, it, they would be blanked out. They, they'd read them all, make oh. sure that we wasn't didn't know nothing, you know. But he so quit somebody, that. They'd intercept the private letters mm-hmm. and, and blank mm-hmm. them out. Mm-hmm. There was no kind of news was supposed to come over here like that, you know. We'd get newsreels in the theater, mm-hmm. you know. they tell about it in the theater about what Truman was doing after Roosevelt died and all that stuff and MacArthur. And, well, now you now you have live cameras on of the everything. Senate floor. Right. You There's know. a newsman there taking all about all the battles and everything now, you know. Mm. But uh, talking about the movie theater, when we moved from the country into Eufaula, it had a theater. And back then, I don't know where Miss Thomas was at, but we could get, if you were under 12 years old, you could get in for a dime. We could get a quarter every Saturday and go to the movies. It would buy us a ticket, bag of popcorn, and a drink. Can you believe it now? (laughs) For 25 cents. For 25 cents. Gas was probably five or ten cents, but nobody had cars back then when I was a child. Not many. So you had that mule and wagon and stuff like that. <laughs> Take your mule and wagon to the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had moved into the town, though, when I got going to oh, the movie. Okay. And that was the best stuff for me seeing the movies, seeing John Wayne and all of them, you know. 
Roy Rogers. Yeah. And I told my daughter one day, she done, she married a guy for me, and that's why we I'm here. But I was still living in Eufaula, and when Roy Rogers died, I was sort of upset about it. You know, I'd yeah. seen him all my life. And Neva says, who? Who's Roy Rogers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe this. <laughs> so, Did you like Frank Sinatra? And- oh, yes, all of them. Oh, my goodness, yes. That was some good stuff. It was. Lord, yes. So yeah. many of them. But, you know, some of them still living, a few of them. Yeah. You know? And, you know, Doris Day just died this past, in the last year, late last huh. year. Hmm. Yes, yeah, some of the music my daughter listens to, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> it makes me feel. Me neither. I've become one of those. Parents I don't hear the words. You can't understand <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> I guess that some cycles never change. You know. Yeah. <laughs> when you got a little bit, a uh, little bit older, when you became a teenager, and when did you meet your husband? And well, we still lived in the same town always. Eufaula. Eufaula, and. Uh, his story was pretty bad. His mother had four boys, and uh, they all went to college. His daddy was killed when uh, he was 36 years old, mm. and she had to raise them. And she could do it then, but she couldn't do it now. The main thing was my husband's dad never worked on Social Security because it didn't come into 36, mm. and he had never worked on it when he got killed. So she had to raise—well, they were living over in a little town— Across the lake in Georgia. Georgia's right. We can see Georgia on the bluff of, of our town. Georgia's over there. So uh, she'd never worked or nothing. And uh, she just was just didn't know what to do. But she talked with her father-in-law. You know, back in them days, one little town would have one guy running everything. The water board, the policeman, the mayor, everything. Mm-hmm. He wasn't no rich man. But back then, he was doing pretty good. And uh, he suggested first to put him in an orphan home. Well, she told him, no, I'm not doing that. And uh, then he said, well, what about taking each one of my married children, take one apiece and raise them? She wouldn't do that. Hmm. So she heard about Eufaula. So we had cotton mills and sock mills there. So uh, she told she told him, though, that she was not going to do neither one he suggested, but said, I'm going to move. Do you fall Alabama and get me a job? Hmm. He told her that day, he said, if you move those boys to that mill town, you'll never get a dime from me. And it was true. It was true. Wow. She went to work, and they, put, they went to work. My husband rode a bicycle to live in that town. Then we didn't have no supermarkets. We just had mom and pop stores. Mm-hmm. So each one of us, they got old enough, the store, uh, give them the bicycle or didn't let them use it. And that guy that run that store did it one for everybody. And my my husband, when he was nine, in the summer, he would deliver the groceries. And he was told to, all the stuff that needed to go in the icebox or whatever they had, put it in that and leave the other stuff out. And um, so, and at night, he delivered telegrams for the people during the war. And that was a sad thing to do. So, oh, yeah. And they take all their money home. They helped her mop the floor and stuff like that. And uh, she'd give them back theater money. And So we dated three years in high school, me and my husband. And uh, he was a year ahead of me. So when he got out that summer, 
they drafted him in the Korean War. Oh, God. You know, it was going on then. We had it. Well, it looked like we'll have another on it. But anyway, uh, we just we had been going together three years, so he called me one time and told me that he was basic was they was through a basic and it looked like the whole unit was gonna go to Korea. So we planned right then for me to go there. It was in South Carolina, it was stationed Fort Jackson, South Carolina. So we talked it over with my, with our parents and stuff, and I had to be in the. He only had a week off, and uh, just before I left to go up there, he called me back and he says, "Just think," said all the whole unit has gone to Korea, but three people. It was the W's, Ward, Watley, and Williams, I think. But we went on, got married, and then I come on back home and finished high school. And then he still had another year to go in what he had to be there. So I went there and lived with him a year. And then when he passed two years ago, we've been married 68 years 68. and three years in high school. We had one child, and she lives up here. And she's got two children. And each one of them has got three children. So I'm, I got five great-grandchildren. Uh -huh. Wow. <laughs> Do they live close by? Oh, yeah, they live here. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's nice. That's my family here. <laughs> yeah. Wow, 68 years. Yes. And then knew them all my life, just about it. Yeah. We were both children, just about it. I was 18, and I think he was 19. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good love story. It is. <laughs> I cry a lot of times about it. I still dream about him every night. I think he's in bed. I think I'm always looking for him. Mm -hmm. I can't find him in my dream. And a lot of nights, I think he's come home, and I can feel him getting in the bed, and I'll turn over, tell him I'm so proud he's come home. He's not there. Wow. That's terrible to go with that all the time, you know. Mm. But that's it. Just have to make the best of it. Well, at least you had a lot of years together. We did. We did. A lot of good years. Everybody tells me he probably is in the bed. I just can't feel it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know, do we? <laughs> He's in your heart. That's true. Well. Next thing comes bad on me. Amy knows about that, what Johnny plays tricks on oh me. But that's, we don't have to tell that. I think everybody here knows about that. Oh, I don't know about it. Oh, he's a mess. <laughs> the first one he put out, I had failed. Sometime or another. And that boy don't want to take my picture unless I got some kind of bruise on me or something. <laughs> and I had a black eye, and he makes my picture. Then he writes a story about it and hands it out here in Magnolia Springs. <laughs> Who is this? My son-in-law. Son oh, oh, okay. He had a big story about how she was a professional boxer. Mm -hmm. All that stuff. It, all, it was a long thing. And everyone believed it. And no one believed me. <laughs> and just this to him, a week or so ago, he, um, on at Halloween, we was at one of the Grand Youngest house, and somebody come with a these things like you see in Star Wars. It had a lot. It was a lot thing with the light at the top. And he had me at that little party to stand up and make my picture, and I didn't think much more about it. So he put a thing out to Amy Neal <laughs> that I had been to, I had gone to Hollywood to read for Star Wars. <laughs> 
and that I had seen Harrison Ford and all, and two different people. The lady that's in a wheelchair that her daughter drives, pushes her down. I met him in the elevator, and she says, are you the, are you the lady that was in Star Wars? <laughs> he said, she said, my son was so excited. He said, I found that paper, and I, I brought it to him. And it uh, says, uh, he loves Star Wars. And said, Can I have your autograph? <laughs> yeah, and he wanted to know about it. And I hated to tell him so bad <laughs> that that was not true. <laughs> I don't even like Star Wars. You were a, you were a, I would have enjoyed seeing Harrison Ford now. <laughs> <laughs> you were a Jedi master. <laughs> <laughs> They've been in Florida for a month down at Marco Island. So when he gets back, I don't know what he'll do to me. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds to say, like a prankster. I, I don't think I'll never tell him what he like, signs me out to be sometime. Well, one time he signed me out to come take me to the doctor. He signed me out that I was going to my parole board. <laughs> parole <laughs> so board. So raking around here. <laughs> I'm not going to say the other because no telling who's going to hear me. <laughs> Well, next time he wants to take a picture, you have got to be careful. Like I'm telling you, he, he never makes a good picture of me. Never. <laughs> it's always where I'm beat up or bruised up or I'm holding a lot. <laughs> Sounds like a real prankster. Oh, he is. He's a mess. <laughs> Amy knows him. <laughs> well, Miss Peggy, yeah. I really enjoyed hearing these stories. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I just had no idea everything about Alabama and... Your family, it's oh, just so yes. nice to hear. Oh, Lord, we just are all of the Southern people. The only thing that I'm not, ha I'm happy here, I love everybody, but there's the cornbread chefs makes. I cannot eat sweet cornbread oh. in the South. In the South, we, we love cornbread, but right. we don't want no sugar in it. Uh, I love sugar, this, you know, some stuff, but not cornbread. I don't order it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to make sure. We send this to Chef Bob so he can yeah. <laughs> hear that. Just one final question I have for you. Okay. Um, knowing that your great, 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 great grandchildren might hear this mm -hmm. interview, mm -hmm. is there any advice you would like to give them? Anything special life lessons or or how would you like to be remembered? Oh, my goodness. I, I love them little twins so much. I love the other ones, too. But them twins, they want one set of twins, the boy and a girl. They're the cutest things. I want them to love me forever. Oh. I just want them to remember me. They call me Gigi Mama Gigi. And, uh, <laughs> for great-grandmama. Uh -huh. So I just want them to remember me when they get grown. I'll be gone. But Well, I, I am them. quite certain that they will. Yeah. And they'll have this interview to listen to and play for their kids. That's true. And I want my, my grandson's kids to love me. He has three. Neither one of them's twins, but. The little twins are cute, too. Try to see them learn this and that, you know. Yeah. But I love all of them. I'm sure you do. I'm that's sure they love you, too. That's why it keeps me living. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with okay. us. And we'll I let you go. i got a lot go. of memories, but some of them, is, they, they're too long. My whole life's a memory, really. I, I, I go back to it and relive it sometimes. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, we captured a little sliver of it, I guess, today. Okay. But uh, we'll let you go have lunch now. All right. Now we've got to have lunch. <laughs> okay. Have a good day. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
Thank you for listening to the Grand Tapestry Podcast, brought to you by My Family Channel. Please visit us at myfamilychannel.com and be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite listening directory.